Thank you for downloading this podcast and welcome to Arrow Bandwidth, the podcast to help the channel better understand the trends, technologies and concepts that are facing the IT industry today. I'm your host, David Fern, and we hope you enjoy this Arrow production. And please subscribe. Thanks. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Arrow Bandwidth. And uh, today we have a full house. Um, every uh, every mic we can possibly <laughs> fit in our Put mixer <laughs> is currently <laughs> consumed. So we have myself, we have my uh, long-standing co-host, Mr. Richard Holmes. Hello, everyone. We have one of our uh, one of our favourites back. One of our uh, one of our popular podcasts on the Software Defined Workplace. Mr. Paul Vaughan is is back in the room. Hey, how you doing, Mr. Mr. Vaughan? <laughs> As I said at the start of the last one, say it with a smile, Paul. <laughs> say it with a smile. He'll cheer up, I promise. Come on, statistics prove everything. And, t- and statistically speaking, it was the most popular podcast. So come on, be pleased right. about that. That's good. Hello, everyone. Glad to be back. <laughs> and I'm smiling. <laughs> and we are also joined by a, uh, a podcast um, firstie. I wanted to say something else then, but I won't. James, nice Hello. to meet you, James. How Hello, are you doing? James. So, James, for the for the purpose of um, everyone listening, yep. please introduce yourself. Okay, so this is going to be my kind of spiel. Um, hi, my name's James Hannam. I am the director and co-owner of LearnMaker. Um, so what LearnMaker do is we are training and consultancy school developers, I guess is kind of the, the way that you'd put it. Um, we've had two years so far on this planet um, as a company, and in the last two years, we've won quite a few little awards um, for our impact on projects in education. Um, what we're currently doing is working down here in London, actually recently, like in the last couple of days, um, with some schools. And what we do is focus on helping them make better use of technology. So essentially going in, seeing what their issues are and kind of improving the classroom and improving learning and teaching. That's Perfect. kind of what we're doing. Perfect. So I'm hoping that you can guess from the fact that we've got Paul, we've got James, and then um, Richard and I, uh, we're sort of here by default, um, yeah. the, the topic of this podcast is all around the software-defined classroom. Mm-hmm. And, and really, what is the future of uh, technology and education, specifically around the ability to learn anywhere, work anywhere, and really take the concept of, of education to the next level? Mm. So without further ado, I'm going to hand it over to people who know a world more about this than I do. James and Paul. Okay. Crack on. Cool. Um, all right, so should we just sort of define, I suppose, like kind of education? From from my point of view, um, from LearnMaker, what I've found doing this and also being an ex-teacher, you know, coming from that side of the fence, yeah. there's loads of misconceptions about education. Everyone seems to think education rolls into one big ball, and it's not. It's actually, from my point of view, there's two things. There's secondary and primary, and then there's HEFE. That's kind of how we see that. And then we, as LearnMaker, focus mainly on primary and secondary. But from, you know, from a reseller point of view, from a, you know, kind of outsider's point of view, from my, you know, to make life easy, there are two sections. There's a primary and secondary and there's HEFE. And those two kettle of fish are completely different. (laughs) Um, Although they still teach and they learn, they are completely different, you know, characters. Okay. That's kind of, would you agree? Yeah, I I think that's what I'm trying to tell the uh, resellers as well. uh, If they say to me, uh, oh, we, we specialize in the education sector. That, to me, normally raises a red flag. Uh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, we in the public sector. <laughs> really? Or, or blue light health, yeah, primary yeah, yeah. health, secondary, the tertiary medicine. Um, the thing that I've been saying to resellers is you probably need to stop looking at uh, the education sector with these technology 
tinted glasses mm -hmm. because often when they go into schools and academies and, and local borough councils, you know, the conversation always, I think, degenerates into is Citrix better than VMware? Is Microsoft capable of delivering? Is it this? Is it that type of, you know, it's, it's nothing about that. It's yeah, yeah. all about what the outcomes of the school uh, is trying to achieve and, and what's really best for the pupils because fundamentally that's what's going to make the schools a success. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah uh, I agree. We're trying to drive uh, resellers to think about that, which means I often ask them things like, you know, to tell me about some of the, um, the areas that um, you know schools uh, have problems with, like English as an additional language. Tell me how uh, teachers are coping with PPA time or, you know, how they deal with their, their school information management systems. And normally you get a blank stare because they don't really understand why those things cause problems yeah, for yeah. teachers. Yeah. That, so, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree. There's, there's all that kind of mystique, isn't there, about, you know, all these acronyms and all that kind of stuff. From, again, from sort of my background in teaching and looking at the sort of local, you know, the sort of local issues, you know, sort of, you know, within the UK yeah. and within, within schools, it all boils down, especially, I'm thinking now primary and secondary, not necessarily mm. HEFE, although most of these will actually kind of go across, but yeah. there's sort of three major issues. There's the, the kind of finance issue, the actual buying of the kit and getting the value out of that, the efficiency out of that, yeah. the financial efficiency, if you like. And then you've got kind of underneath that, or in fact, above that, really, you've got the workload pressures. So, you know, with the government yeah. as it is and its agenda and it's just chopping and changing all over the place, you know, that's, that's what's happening in classrooms. There's an awful lot of stress around that. So it's trying to reduce the costs, trying to reduce that workload and free up time. You know, if you can just give a few minutes back to a member of staff every day, you know, they're not queuing up at the printer or, you know, they're not mm. having to photocopy loads of stuff. They're not having to mark copious amounts, that kind of thing. If you can just free that up, that in itself, you know, with just one piece of technology, I'm just thinking, you know, if you just look at a printer, if you can free up two minutes a day for a teacher, that's that's an improvement. Yeah. You know, you don't have to go all whiz bang in front of a, you know, in front of an SLT team and go, oh, well, we're going to stick this in, we're going to stick that in. Mm. Cut it back, cut it all of it right back to the bare bones of this, you know, just make it as simple as possible. Um, you know, to give you an example. At the weekend, I was sat with my girlfriend. She still teaches. Um, she's a, a science teacher, and she basically has like a mini farm. So she has all these animals and all these cool things going off and scorpions and snakes and all this kind of thing. But she's still working on a seven-year-old laptop. So she's working <laughs> on a, a machine that's got Windows, whatever it is. But when you open it up, and this only came about because I've, I've bought myself recently a Chromebook just to see, you know, to, to actually, you know, see the comparisons and stuff. Um, you open a Chromebook. And it's six seconds and it's on and you're working. Yep. If you go to a Windows machine, her Windows machine, seven-year-old, you know, this is quite old oh, now. Blimey. Yeah. Open it up. Ten minutes before you can get to Microsoft Word to be productive. Good old roaming profiles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, you know, just imagine. <laughs> imagine that. Imagine every day you turn up to work and you've got the first ten minutes of your day. And if you're a teacher, you're <coughs> moving classrooms in a secondary or primary. Primary particularly is more static. But as a you know, secondary school, you maybe move classrooms once or twice a day mm, for, yep. for that. If you turn it, like, shut the lid, that might take you another five minutes to turn it back on again. Right? So... Every day, you're potentially wasting 20 minutes of your day wow. just opening and shutting and waiting for things. Times that up over a year, and we did like kind of a back, of, you know, back of a fag packet kind of maths. Yeah. And it would work out about three and a half days. You waste a year just by opening and waiting to become productive. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. And surely, for, and surely, funny enough, and a little uh, disclosure time here. My first job was actually network administrator at school. Okay. And funny enough, it was actually where I met my wife as well. She was head of PE at the time as well. So. 
got a bit of experience in this, and I found that exactly that problem. Those first seven minutes of the, of the class are the most important, because if you don't get them in, get them settled, and, and get them focused, you will lose them, and yeah. it will take you 20 minutes to get them back. Mm. At that point, you've burnt through a third of the entire time you've got to teach them, and the whole problem continues on. Yeah. Um, completely agree. I mean, so th that, is, that is an example. So if we just look at it as a basic thing, you know, if we're looking at it from a reseller point of view, how can I have an effect and how can I prove value to a to school for a piece of kit? Yeah. If I can put a piece of kit in there that's faster than what's happening, I can save that time. Yeah. When we look at the model, the pedagogy, the way that teachers actually teach, if you do the kind of traditional way of they get them in, sit them down, get them into a computer room, that kind of thing, mm -hmm. seven yeah. to ten minutes, you know, you've got to wait that. But if we then look at the more complicated sort of solution is changing the mindset of teachers and changing the way they actually teach and their approach to technology so most teachers will that we've worked with and leaders that we've worked with will see windows as a discrete thing mac as a discrete thing chromebook as a discrete thing ipad as a discrete thing all these discrete things but actually they all can blend together so yeah. looking at the way that you can do blended learning and you can do flipped classrooms so basically what you do in that scenario where you're trying to get them in to deliver the lesson you can actually deliver the lesson outside so you deliver all the easy bits outside the coloring in exercises that kind of thing you yeah. deliver that outside the classroom and all you do inside the classroom is deliver the complicated bits mm. but you use technology to do that so get the students for example instead of using a laptop that they have to sign into or a desktop they sign into using virtual you know virtual machines or using um, google classroom or something along those lines mm -hmm. where they can access the resources outside on any device yeah. So again, it's very particular. You know, staff will go, oh, they need to access it on blah, blah, blah. Well, if you've got a mobile phone, any mobile phone now that's a smartphone, you'll be able to access pretty much any type of app or dock on yeah. there. You know, so it's those kind of things. So it's not only the actual equipment, but it's the, that mind share, that kind mm. of I'm, changing their approach in their heads. I'm smirking because I've got, I've got two little girls in, in primary education. And, yeah, um, the elder one, part of homework is mathematics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's her tablet, my tablet, the the family laptop. You know, as, as long as she's got access to a browser, yeah, yeah. You know what? She can do that element of homework. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's done. And yeah, God, yeah. When I go back to when I go go in for parents' evening, and I think of you know my time at school, you know, technology is, is not just in the ICT suite anymore. Yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah. It is not yeah. just in one lab, one room. You're right. It's absolutely everywhere, yeah. from, from the smart boards, to, from the staff, through to through to the kids. And you hear horror stories, don't you? You, know, you speak to parents that have got kids at other schools, and it's like, yeah, well, we've got we've got racks of iPads and chargers, and they never get used. Yeah, they get used for things like iMovies, and that's it. Yeah, taking a photo, browsing the web. Yeah, yeah. done. Mm. But yeah. you see, this is the thing, right? What you've re what, what you've articulated there is the start of changing what the classroom looks like. The digital yeah. classroom doesn't look anything like what our policies say in the handbook that's sitting in, in the staff room. So yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of Salman Khan. I met him out in San Francisco. I like what he's trying to articulate uh, in education um, and, and proponents of the flipped classroom because fundamentally the machine can do things that us human beings can't do really well. So if your kid is doing maths and needs to progress and needs to master something, yeah. well, in the old way, it a human being would have to check that progress. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they'd have to refer back to what they've done. And you have to keep all the paper. And some of that paper you would have printed and you would have photocopied, etc. And it becomes such an overbearing burden that people 
in education start to say things like, hey, Paul, I love teaching, but I hate my job. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and initially they say it, they're a little bit embarrassed, and then afterwards it becomes a badge of honor because it's, they're just too tired to even worry about what that sounds like. Yeah, yeah. And I'm saying to, to teachers, listen, there is a way to do this. If the machine can do some of that stuff, then you don't have to do it. Yeah, it can be as engaging as yeah. we can make it, and there are clever people making really engaging stuff like athletics yeah. and whole lots of others. Well, you say though, so yeah, I, I agree with that. And there's there's also the other thing. Um, so part of our framework is is changing the culture, that mindset yeah. of, of, of of teachers and leaders in schools. Of there is a different way of doing things, or just tweaking something slightly means you mm. get a bigger outcome. Yeah. So take that as an example: the the downloading the mathematics. Yeah. The, the top comment that we get when we're in schools and when we're going to interview schools to, for them to work, you know, for us to work with them, um, it's all about time. It's, oh, we don't have time. We don't have time. We don't have time. So what happens because their technology is slow or because they've got these processes in place that take ages, the printing, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Because they don't have time, they then default to, well, hang on, we need to go and buy that resource. So they'll go online and they'll buy a resource, a curriculum, a work pack. Yeah. But the problem is, is that the culture within inside the school, right. the, the actual ethos, the students, the background, the ethnicity, the diversity, all those kind of things all have an impact on what you can teach to that child. So, for example, you download a, a £2,000 or even a £500 curriculum and then staff have to then edit that document in some way or those to documents suit. to suit. So then they waste more time doing that. So they've yeah. spent that big chunk of money. They've done that. Well, actually... You're not might, solving the problem. You're compounding it. You're just adding a plaster over the top of a gaping yeah. wound, you know, that kind of thing. So, again, with if you're going into schools and going, well, look, there's a wonderful bit of technology. If you focus on that kind of thing and going, well, actually, look, if I can just change your mindset a little bit here, where instead of you downloading all this stuff if i can free up say 10 minutes a day of your time maybe you might be able to make that and actually make it so it's engaging for your kids rather than you tweaking mm. something so i can show you how to make things the biggest win that we've had with with schools is actually going to the staff you don't have to make these resources yourself you know you if you don't have time yeah. at this moment you will have time eventually when we finish working with you we'll free up days of your life but at the beginning, you might have in a secondary school some A-level students who are really good at video blogs. Yeah, they might be make, have their own YouTube channel. You get those guys to make the year seven revision materials because they already know that material. Mm. Yep. That then frees you up. But then you give them the iPads or you give them the Chromebooks or you give them the surfaces. And you go, look, you're my digital leader group. You're going to make the resources. Go round and I want you as a project for your A-level business. I want you to make me all that resource. <laughs> That's a really, really good idea. But this is the thing. is, It's like all those ideas are in staff's heads because as a business A-level teacher, you have to give them a course in creating a product. So they go yeah. off and make a nice piece of paper and do a drawing of a business and all this kind of stuff. Well, hang on a second. You've got a captive audience of a 1,000 users just sat in your school. <laughs> and a business problem that needs fixing. And it, Bring the dude, two together. It's just like, oh, yeah. that kind of thing. So just yeah. those little tweaks in your head where you can just go, oh, hang on a second, you're a teacher and you've got this problem, but you've got loads of kids that are willing to help. Hang on a second. Now we've got something that's really interesting. I was saying exactly the same thing to a uh, head of uh, IT uh, in a London school who was saying, you know, oh, you know I'm going to have to teach kids coding and stuff. And Like, what coding are you going to teach them? Or, I don't know, I have to think, what do you think is uh, the best thing to teach? And I said, well, can we just put that aside? And let me tell you something. You know, you know what EAL is, right? And he said, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah English as additional language. Well, what's the problem with that? I said, so how many um, nationalities do you have in your school? And he's like, oh, I don't know, probably about 20. Probably 
probably at least a dozen just in one year group. And I yeah, said, yeah. well, I think about this, right? There's a thing called uh, TalkBoard. It's an iOS app, and I think it's on Android as well, Greek TalkBoard, French TalkBoard, where there's a bunch of um, uh, words that say, you know, um, hello, um, where's the bus, um, all those types of questions. And if you're Greek, then obviously you see the Greek words, and oh, when you I press see, the yeah, button, yeah. then it plays yeah, out. It translates it across. And it, it, you can hear that. So yeah. I was saying to him, you know that there are a lot... I mean, the talk board doesn't have every single language, and I bet you there's languages that have been taught, uh, sorry, that have been spoken in our schools by EAL kids that, um, yeah, that aren't you know, on that are list. Not. Yeah, yeah. So why don't you build that? And yeah. let's just say Ukrainian is in there, and there's a few Ukrainian kids in the school, right? So you do something like that. Now, here's the thing, right? You'll do things like, where's the girl's toilet? Where's the... Uh, what's the safest way to walk to the town center or something, right? Because mm-hmm. it's relevant to that. Yeah, yeah. But you can make it extensible so that people can add their own phrases. And then here's the other thing. If you can do that for a school in London, for Ukrainian, for example, um, oh, wait a minute. How many other Ukrainian to English conversions exist? And then what about doing Ukrainian to French or something yeah, yeah, like just that? just really mixing it up, yeah. Doing something that's really handy. I mean, imagine a kid leaving high school and thinking, oh, I don't really want to go to university. Well, what can I do? Well, you've just coded, coded in Swift or whatever, and you've done something that's really useful, and you can be proud of something yeah. that is life-transforming. Yeah. You know, suddenly a kid doesn't go through that six-month silent phase because they have nothing to say. I mean, who made the rule? I mean, the psychologists say you've got this like silent phase when they're doing a language acquisition for you know, a subsequent language. Why does there have to be a silent phase? Yeah, you know? yeah. Or does it? Why does it have to be so long? Can't yeah, it, be it can be yeah. instant because it's like, well, the only reason it's silent is because they don't know how to articulate in this new language. Well, if their language is still available to them on an iPod or an iPad or iPad Mini or a little Android phone, then instantly it's done. Yeah, they're engaged. You know, well, we've, we've we've done that with um, again this this school in Victor Primary that we're working with um, in uh, Blackheath. And we last year went in, and they've got a coding curriculum. They they bought their curriculum online, yeah. and you know downloaded it, and we're trying to do it. And all staff, you got year one students doing year one stuff, and then you got year two students doing year two, and year six doing year six, and all doing different things. When the staff go into the class, into the staff room, the first ones are going, "Well, I've never taught coding before. I don't know how to do it on this one." But of course, they can't talk to each other because year two are doing something completely different to year one yeah. and year six. So again, that traditional cu- curriculum really you don't need to do anymore mm. and you know what we've seen with coding is is very much it's a oh let's learn a language it's that kind of thing it's not really that it's more the process behind it it is i yeah. mean you know it's, you mentioned swift you know you i would say you can become proficient in swift in a couple of weeks but you can get a damn sight further with understanding knowing being able to to cover off the basics of a computer programming language like swift than you can with a foreign language yeah, which yeah. you know even for somebody who's been through you know higher education or who has a natural aptitude will take years to become proficient mm. in you know a, a equivalent level yeah, in, yeah. in a foreign language so yeah. you know it, it, it does make you think it's like well hang on a minute do we get do we get a bit sort of caught up in the whole idea of you don't really want to go down that route because it's it's, it's probably just adding another layer of complexity. And again, it comes back to things like the time pressures and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. I mean, I see, you know, all right, it's late, it's over budget, but the BBC Micro bit. Now, I learned computer science on a BBC Micro. Yeah. I am I am absolutely, uh, I, I just can't tell you how happy I am that 
BBC are back in back in the school space with, you know, <laughs> yeah. let, let's be honest, something that's so far removed from what I had my hands on, but it, uh, but it's brilliant. But you know, will we see it actually take off? Will we see it be used? It's all right putting it out there. It's all right putting the technology into the environment, but. I think you've got to empower yeah, yeah. the staff. Yeah, it's got to be embedded the into the to, working. To be able to, mm. you know, get something out of it. Now, yeah. if they can get something out of it that doesn't just aid and put a tick in the box on the curriculum, but actually helps a column the enterprise, so the business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, yeah, why, why would you not want to go? Yeah, why would you not down do that, that yeah, route? Yeah, 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 why would you not do, not do it? Do it yeah. So, you know, yeah. to come back to what you were saying at the start, getting the absolute basics right. Yeah. Absolutely. Going back to zero and going, look, just because you do things this way, it's just like the sort of conversation, you know, we try to guide our partners down when, you know, we go in with an infrastructure pitch or when we go into, you know, a traditional value-added reseller pitch. Just because you've done it this way, just because this is your business model today, you know, what what's to say that... That is how you have to keep doing things in order to to grow, to deliver business value, to mm. be profitable, to be relevant now and in the future. Yeah. And I think the same. I think the thing I'm picking up here is the same thing applies in in education. It is it's it's that little microcosm of of what just because it's happening in a classroom doesn't mean that in principle the same sort of things are happening elsewhere, whether yeah, yeah. it be public sector, private sector, or, or whatever. Well, this comes down to something we were discussing in the last podcast that often. Um, having worked in a school and my mum, my dad and my wife are teachers. Uh, so I've seen and, and grown Christmas up. Christmas is a great year. Yeah. Lived, <laughs> lived teachers. And, and one of the biggest issues I, I think I have is that it's very difficult to, A, see outside of the own sort of ecosystem, your own sphere of influence. That's a really difficult thing yes. to do in any, any industry, yeah. let alone teaching where... You know, we think we have a big, busy day. I mean, literally. Imagine having every single day is an hour-long meeting. Bang, 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 bang. Oh, unbelievable. I have that much respect for teachers. Absolutely. Um, that's the first thing to say. The second thing is they almost need exactly your sort of organisation, James, to go in and sort of go and have a, a bit more of a different conversation. Have that sort of, hey, here's some ideas out of the box. Here's some here's something you might not have thought of because you don't have the ability to lift your head above the parapet. Yeah, and yeah. as far as the IT organisation side of a school, it's under-resourced, under-skilled, and just generally drowning in changing damn printer cartridges, mm. let alone doing anything proactive for the organisation. Yeah, it's just mm. patched over, patched over, patched oh, over. Oh, God. Yeah. Seriously, I mean, I, I learned a lot of my um, my trade by just bodging... The si- I mean, we're talking... This was... Don't say it. It's a, long, it's a long time ago <laughs> now. Well, twelve odd years. But seriously, I mean, we were we were. It was wet pieces of string and, and, and paper cups at times. Seriously, it really was <laughs> um, a very very very. Well, I learned a lot. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, but uh, I mean, going back to that, uh, the curriculum thing of, hmm. of you know the, the coding thing of it being discrete. Actually, you can teach that. And we, we did that with that, uh, the Invicta School. Is We actually just said, right, one curriculum, all students. So it doesn't matter if you're year one or you're year six, you get exactly the same mm. environment. Yeah. If you take that into the classroom, so the environment is the, the other thing. So we, we kind of call it, at the moment, we're thinking calling it campus. So the environment in which you, you teach in, so the classroom, you know, the, the staff room, all those kind of physical places and spaces. In a secondary school from my experience of being in a secondary school, you'd walk from the DT labs, because DT is my background product design. I'd walk from the DT labs, workshop, 
with a dusty projector that was crying out to you know catch fire. You and might be you, lucky and have a three D print tucked away well, in the yeah, corner as oh, well. Man, if only, if only. <laughs> um, then you go into the next room and there'd be a different setup. It'd be a smart board, a Promethean mm. board, or an interactive yeah, whiteboard yeah. of some kind. And then you go into another one and it'd be a whiteboard with a TV on the side. So again, from a, a teacher point of view, to reduce stress and, and in, you know, improve that workload, rather than a teacher sitting in, in their classroom thinking, well, hang on, what room am I teaching in? How am I? Oh, I won't be sound in that one, or there won't be a good video in that, or the resolution's different, so I have to change my PowerPoint or mm. whatever. If you standardize that, then that becomes easier. And you, you you're, yeah, and, you're, and also from the training and the CPD, so the CPD point of view from a, from a school is, if I can put everybody into one room and give them the same experience and they're standardized, then we can basically minimize the amount of training time and we can minimize the amount of stress and we can minimize the amount of time that staff have to yeah. faff around, you know, finding that VGA lead and plugging it in, <laughs> you know, those kind of things. So, you know, when we've gone into, into schools, it's kind of going, well, you know, if you're going to use a laptop, an iPad and a Chromebook, so a Windows you know, Google and Apple, if you're going to use those, then you need a device that is wireless or wired up or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, getting away from getting away from the front of the classroom, secondary school is mm. very difficult in some situations. It's very difficult to get the teachers away from the front of the classroom. That pedagogy, that approach mm. of I'm going to stand in the front, so I'm the teacher, the stage. Yeah. I know everything. Yeah, yeah, all that kind of thing. Again, that change in pedagogy so that you're actually kind of, it sounds really naff, but you know, facilitating learning you know that kind yeah. of thing actually for me it's not that it's about getting away from the front of the classroom and sitting with the kids because when i used to teach gcse if you're at the front going now do this now do this they hate you instantly if you're yeah. sat with them going oh my god i've just cut my thumb you know that kind of thing and you're, you're showing them with a knife and how to do all these things <laughs> and you're with them and they're passing out because they've seen blood and all this kind of stuff the rapport you build with them in engagement. that session is yeah it's engagement yeah. it's way better but what you find is that teachers that have got this tech that's thrust upon them they'll be you know they'll have all this wonderful new kit these new wonderful macs and these lightweight light you know netbooks and these kind of things but they'll still be plugged in with a vga lead at the front <laughs> and you're like wow that's incredible and then the other one is the other really cool thing from that or worrying thing is most schools will go well we want to be one-to-one we want that one-to-one dream of all these ipads all these chromebooks that's brilliant that's brilliant for resellers because you sell loads of kit but actually yeah. What does that look like in the classroom? To go from nothing or a laptop to a one-to-one, that's, that's a huge void in yeah. between. So one of the ways of doing it is to actually go, well, if you make the screen and the laptop wireless, I can take that laptop away from the front and I can pass the laptop round. And that's the way how you get round that initial step. And it's just that, again, that mindset of just yeah. like, you don't have to wire it. I'm just going to give you a 20-pound Chrome, Chromecast on there or a 40-pound yeah, Apple TV or whatever it is. Yeah. So here's the million dollar question from me. Uh, this is what I'm quite interested to find out. So okay. with with going through the process and going through that, that, that typical cycle of change and obviously the pain that comes with it and the acceptance, etc. What's where you've successfully delivered a project like that, what is the uh, what's what's the feedback that you get at the end? Okay, what's, well this is a good so and, and yeah. I'm not kind of, you know, teeing you up for a pitch, but yeah, yeah, no, Consider okay, it right. a loaded question because I, I, I can imagine that everything that we're talking about here, and linking back to the software-defined workplace, you know, it's it's all good getting the basics right, applying it, and you know, we can sit in. It sounds, yeah, I'm sold on the dream. I can I can see how yeah, absolutely it, it would benefit yeah, yeah. the kids. It would certainly benefit my kids. It would benefit the teachers. You know, we're in this perfect nirvana. Do we actually get there? All right. So there's two, uh, and without 
you know, I, I don't, I don't want to kind of give away too many trade secrets and things. About no, please don't. Yeah. <laughs> there's two, there's, there's two types of, there's two types of people that we meet. Yeah. Or that I meet when I go to see schools. There's the, we need to get results and we've got Ofsted on our back. Those kind of people. Yep. And they're very much, this is the way we're doing it, but we want to change. We want to change, but they don't actually change. Yeah. And then there's the other ones that we interview and come to who are the ones that go, look, we've, we've got, We've got this issue, and they're challenges, they're not problems. So the first type of person will say there is a problem. The second <laughs> type of person says there's a challenge or are very excited about something. Yeah. They're the two different types of people. Now, what we've come through and, and going, you know, a small company over the last two years, we've tried everything. You know, we've tried every approach, read yeah. every book on every, you know, Jay, the other half of Learnmaker, you know, he's very good in, in the kind of sales and the business side of things. We've tried all these different strategies. And essentially, for me, it boils down to one thing. If you've got that change mindset in your head, if you're somebody who wants to learn, yeah. that's it. And there's two, types of te- there's two types of teachers that I've met. There's the ones that want to learn, and there's the ones that want to teach. And that's it. And if you're working, and this is why we now interview ourselves, when we go to these kind of sales pitches, if you like, we don't you know, go and pitch ourselves. We actually interview the teachers and the heads that we're going to work with because yeah. if they don't want to learn and they don't want to change and they don't want to experiment and they don't want to step out of their comfort zone a little bit, we won't work with them. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, we have been eating beans for like the last six months, so, you know, um, <laughs> I joke, I joke. They're really nice Caloni beans, you know. Um, but, yeah, so it's, it's, those, it's two mindsets. The yeah. people who want to learn and want to change and see things as a challenge or mm-hmm. an interesting problem and those that see it as an issue. Um, so where projects really work and really take off and we have massive impact are those long-term projects where it's a sustained approach. So we go in again and again and again mm-hmm. and we build up. And it's exactly the same as if you're teaching a subject. I don't come in and give you the whole curriculum on Latin. I mm-hmm. will come in and give you week one's part of the curriculum and then I test that and then I go forward so for us it's that project-based approach Mm. and from a reseller point of view it's often tempting to go we want this delivered and we want to be on to the next one actually if you can sustain that and build it up what we've found with our schools is we get a deeper rapport with with them and we solve more of their issues than we would have done by just going in for a one-day training session or one-day consultancy yeah Yeah. um but yeah for me it's and it's it's only in the last few months that we've found this it's that and it's that growth mindset it's that willingness to learn and willingness to change and willingness to try something different i'm not saying our stuff works 100 percent all the time because we have to chop and change according to finances according to infrastructure according to mm. you know staffing and that kind of stuff but you know so far all the long-term projects that we've had and we've had five big long-term projects all of those are a success brilliant and the, mm. the way that we measure the success isn't by the fact that you know everyone's happy at the end of it it's actually yeah. looking at that teaching and learning and seeing a fundamental change in the way that teachers approach teaching and learning that's it. And I think, the th- sorry, uh, just my final point, and from what I've picked up from, from what, what you've said throughout the course of this, and it's been fascinating, is you're not, or the very last thing you are is an IT reseller who happens to specialise in education. Mm. What you are actually is a business change consultant, yeah. Yeah, effectively, and, and yeah, trainer, yeah, kind of, in, yeah. that just so happens to have a specialism in in education and it's yeah. i think we've mentioned it on podcasts and in, in the past. primary and secondary and in pri- exactly yes yeah. particularly yeah. in yeah. primary mm-hmm. and secondary and i think we've mentioned this this in the past it's it's that it's about the business outcomes and it's about as as a business fixing a problem rather than selling a widget yeah yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. You know, and, and software defined workplaces, it's it's a means to an end. It it gives you the mechanism to be able to fix the value uh, to fix fix the the issue or or influence the change. Yeah. And I think that's really important. The message we want to leave with our uh, reseller customers is yep. that they should try to be business change advocates and, and, and folks who can put that into play. And yes, it, absolutely. It's, sometimes it's a bit presumptuous to believe that you can do it, but you know, if you lean on the right type of experts, then you can start to evolve into that type of organization. Awesome. Mm. And that's good for the customers. Cool. One last question for, for yourselves, though. Um, now, I know having worked in, in, an, in an IT organization as, as part of a school, big uh, secondary school, um, having my entire family be in, be in um, education, the single biggest issue I continually get hit with is, well, that's all great, but I don't have any budget. I don't. How do you <laughs> build a business case around it? Because I know for a fact, if I'd have put this out last this question, I'd probably been divorced. Um, <laughs> so how do you build a business case that, that makes sense in a school's terms yeah. that actually pays for this? Because... You know, school budgets are wow small. I mean, seriously, I've never seen anything like it. They, well, yeah. yeah, they are, but they're not. This is the thing is, again, going back to that laptop scenario of, well, actually, if your member of staff is spending, you know, one member of staff a year is spending, say, £600 worth of your money on time wasted, yeah. I can save that. It's not a tan- you know, it's not a physical thing. But, you know, that, that's a benefit. But also the other thing is when you're thinking about sort of software environments and, and sort of cloud computing and remote desktoping and, and things like that, yeah. then w- what you can actually do is, I mean, one, one school particularly we've just finished with in, Man- in near Manchester, they have gone from a server-based system to completely cloud. So they don't have a server on site to manage anything. They, they Literally nothing. Everything else has gone into the cloud. Um, so all their devices are all cloud managed. They don't have to spend money on server storage or anything like that. So their budget that they assigned, £5,000 a year to update and increase all the storage, don't have to worry about that. They've got two petabytes of data in the cloud and it's not costing them anything. It's just like, hang on a second, I've just released that amount of money a year mm. for you to have back. Yeah. Wow. And then when you, But the problem with that is that to get to that stage, you have to invest because yeah. most schools have obviously patched up, patched up, patched up. So you have the, you know, patched on wireless, patched on switches. The other thing is that particular school is they didn't have a full-time primary school. They didn't have a full-time IT administrator. So they yeah. had an apprentice. So he comes in for three days a week. You know, he's at college learning all the, you know, learning the ropes. Yeah, yeah. So within two days, we had him trained up on all the systems because there was only two systems that he had to manage. So he had a switch and wireless access system, which is cloud-based, and he had a storage and user system, which was cloud-based. You give him the device and you go, this is this login, this is this login, this is how you do all this. Off you go. So you don't have this problem of school primary schools spending, mm-hmm. say, 15, minimum 15, 20,000 pounds a year for a one-day-a-week IT guy. You've got a trainee guy who you're training and mentoring and bringing up. Yeah, you've mm-hmm. got some issues with that kind of thing, and you know they're going to be young and yeah, kind yeah. of you know learning. But what you've got, though, is you've then got a self-sustaining school. So I can walk away from that school knowing that that guy is going to develop and yep. the school have got the knowledge in-house. They don't have to go looking elsewhere. They don't have to download any extra bits, da 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 all of that stuff. Now, if I can free up that a year, and then I look at the printing, and I can do very similar with that, mm-hmm. and I can say, well, actually, 
time-wise, staff don't have to be sat around a photocopier in the morning, mass printing. They can actually, with their remote access on their you know, VMware or whatever system that they've got, yeah. they can then set all their printing up. They can print, and it's basically follow me printing. They go to the sure. printer in the morning, and they just click print, and it's remotely done. They don't have to do it all at 7 o'clock in the morning. So I've instantly saved you time. I've mm. saved you money. I've reduced all the teacher workload. I've reduced the stress. And I've made, hopefully, in a utopian world, everybody a little bit more huggy and happy. And that's like kind of how it works. So you've got engaged teachers. You've got better quality education, a better quality environment for the skills. Everybody wins. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm, not, I'm not just sitting here going, yeah, this is really cool. We actually have this working. This is the thing. It's getting it's the like, basics right. It's ju- and it's just focusing on, in fact, actually, let's just cut all of this. You could actually stop the podcast, rewind it and go back to the beginning. It's all about the why, essentially. That's yes. it. It's not about the what. It's not about what device or what. Blah, blah, blah. It's about why are we doing it? We're yeah. doing it to save time, to reduce stress and reduce workload. If you can do that and fit in the budget, mm. done. Perfect. Yeah, that's that's true. Awesome, cool. I was going to say something about the photocopying, but um, I mean that's for another time. Just Ooh. just uh, that sometimes you don't even have to be printing things. No, if, you don't. If mm. some of the material can be done online and it could be marked by the machine, if yeah. Effectively, yeah, 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 then absolutely. You know, you don't have to spend x amount of pounds per hour on a TA because you want to free up the teacher time, so you yeah, get yeah. yourself a teaching assistant to do the photocopying and. Yeah, lots of ways and means to address the cost issue. I mean, the, the printing one's always an interesting one because it, it gets battered around by big brands. So, you know, there's quite a few big brands. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to mention any of them, but it, there's some big brands out there that go, oh, well, if you go into our system, you can save all this money and there won't be any printing. In a primary school, you're always going to have printing. Like, you know, in a secondary school, yeah. well, you know, if SATs tests are the way they are and the pre-tests are the way they are and the resources mm. are the way they are, you're still going to have those until yeah. there's a point where you have multiple choice and, sure. you know, those kind of assessments. Mm. But it's, it's minimizing the waste and minimizing the time and minimizing that kind of thing because the reason why there's a lot of printing from what I've seen in the mornings is because they haven't been able to access the, the resources until the last minute. They're all yeah. fired up in coffee in the morning. They've got yeah. other things on their mind. They click 30 instead of three. Bang, 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 bang. Those bits go in the bin. Or they print it twice. Yeah. You know, those kind of things happen, and they happen quite Is regularly. It? And, you know, if you can just buy that little section of time and go, well, actually, you could do that in the evening when you're at home cooking dinner or whatever, and you click print, and it's done. Mm. I mean, people would be sitting there at home going, well, actually, yeah, I don't want to take my work home with me. But teachers do. do. And, yeah, you know, reality, yeah. my girlfriend, she's working until probably half 11, 12 o'clock every single night marking work. Yeah. Um, and again, if you can free up self-assessment and peer assessment, and even there's, there's some really cool apps out there. There's one, can I mention it? Go for it. Yeah, Go okay. So there's one called Shobi.com that we've done a bit of work with before. And that sits across all platforms. And essentially what it is, it's, it's a way of making the room paperless. They're, they're an American company. They're, they're, they're geared around making paperless. But their hidden feature in it is that you can completely change the way you assess. So if we've got a couple of minutes, I'm going to go into full like soapbox <laughs> mode. Primary school teachers are absolutely awesome about sitting with kids in the classroom, yeah. talking to one-to-one with their kids, aren't they? Yeah, They yes. spend two, three minutes every mm-hmm. single hour talking to every single kid in the room. Yep. That's where you get the valuable feedback. When somebody's talking to you and going, look, Dave, this is how you do this, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Okay. <laughs> Give them the tools. Yeah. Give the kids the tools. Exactly. Yeah. But what happens is that teacher then talks to that kid and they then do all this wonderful thing. The kids sit there going, yeah, that's really great. Then they have to take the work home. Teacher takes the work home, writes in red pen on it because they have to. It's a policy for some reason. They then 
hand that back because everyone thinks that writing and getting kids at primary school level who are just about to learn to read and write properly, getting them to read the teacher's handwriting and then respond to it. So you have red pen teachers, then you have green pen, the students <laughs> then writing a response back. And in some schools yep. that I've been in, you then have purple pen, which is the teacher's response to the student's response to <laughs> yes. the teacher's marking. Fantastic. All of that process might take five minutes per kid. Okay, so 15 minutes, say. But the problem is, is that kid's not going to read it. In this secondary school, it's worse in that when you do that, if I was doing my DT subject, I might see that student once a week. So I do that. I take the work in, I hand it back the next lesson. Well, they've had like seven sleeps before that <laughs> lesson. Are they really going to want to spend five minutes at the beginning of the lesson reading what I've said? Well, not really. So you get the kind of your mum comments or those kind of things <laughs> at the bottom. That feedback is completely prevalent across schools. All right. Mm. So, you know, secondary mm. schools, primary schools, they all do that because that seems to be the best way. But actually, from what I've seen of it and the studies that are, are shown, the face-to-face and the demonstration stuff is really yeah. beneficial. Going back to that rapport, Shobi allows you to capture that. So with a mobile device, any device, it doesn't have to be anything particular, you can load up the Shobi app, you can then sit there with dictaphone mode, click record, and you can record the interaction so that the student has that. I can click record with video. So I can use my phone camera or my iPad camera, whatever, or whatever device it is, I can hold that down and record the tutorial. I can send that between one of us, so it's just me and you. Yeah. But if you're a GCSE group and you don't get how to shade a cube properly, and I've completely mucked it up because, you know, there's a fire alarm or something, I can record that demonstration. And that one tutorial that I gave to one of us, I can send out to all my students. So now I'm not writing the same damn comment on every single piece of work 10 times. That's one app. It's totally free. There's subscriptions to it and all this kind of stuff. But one free app on any device, and all I've got to do is change the policy that says... Stop using red pen, green pen, orange pen, purple pen. Yeah. And again, that's where it goes back to that growth mindset thing. If you've got a, teach, a head teacher that's willing to step out of that comfort zone and go, well, hang on a second, that sounds flipping awesome. I'm going to give that a go for three weeks. Yeah. We've managed to save in one school, in one department, in a maths department at GCSE level with six teachers, we've managed to save them about 15 to 30 minutes a week just on that. And the interactions you get, because the kids at GCSE level can then answer that at home, we had kids, and it was almost tear-worthy, we had kids that were totally disengaged with maths, sitting playing Call of Duty on the Xbox, because you hear the gunshots, or it, I mean, you know, it's a school somewhere a bit rough, but, you know, <laughs> potentially, but you could hear the gunshots in the back with playing Call of Duty, and actually going, yeah, okay, yes, yeah, sir, well, so um, the quadratic equation was da 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 <laughs> That was recorded at 12.30 on a Friday night, but the teacher can see it. They can see when yeah. they've interacted with it. So the kid doesn't have to write. They don't have to do anything. If they want to record it, they can't. It's just that yeah. on its own yeah. is epic. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. There we go. Anyway. And on that bombshell, I think we've massively <laughs> overrun. But that's wow, yeah. not a problem at all. James, thank you so much for coming in. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. Pleasure. Thank you very much for coming again. Cheers. Rich, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Our producer, as per always, has been Hannah Jenny. I'm your host, David Fern. And we'll see you wow. next week. Thank we you will. very much. Cheers, James. Thank you, James. Cheers. 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 Take care, James. Thank you. Bye.